0: Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Linaway, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. You know, that's fun. fun. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so I am just going to start with my normal questions that are typically on my phone, mm. but I couldn't find them, believe it or not. Well, there we go. Yeah. So I'm going to start right. with a few questions, and I'm going to ask you, and you just do them as fast as you can. There's no right or wrong. Okay. okay so don't overthink. This helps people just get
1: used to you It, um,
0: in your voice and mind
1: together. Yeah. So are you an introvert or an extrovert? I would have said extrovert for the longest time, but yeah. I think I'm more of an introvert every year that passes. <laughs> I think that really happens in life. Yeah. I think you start one way and you go mm-hmm. toward literally. Yeah, I love people, but I'm realizing when I choose to be by myself, it's by myself. I've yeah. yeah. I okay. Anyway,
0: okay, coffee tea. Coffee. Dog cat, either neither. Dog. Morning bird or night owl? Morning. Okay. Are you books or movies? Both. Okay. Silence or music? Silence. Would you consider yourself leaned in or laid back? Leaned in. I'm not laid
1: back. I wish I was laid back. <laughs> You're so leaned in and it's so good. I'm, I'm full tilted <laughs> all the time. Full on. All the, Yeah, it's true. It's a lot. Um, full <laughs> a lot.
0: <laughs> Goes I well with the introversion. No, it's good. <laughs> uh, would you say shower or bath?
1: Uh, shower. Too many baths at the Miller house with not having a shower for many years. Yeah. I can't. Driver or passenger? Oh, I like driving, but Zach likes driving more, so I'm the passenger. Okay, totally got it. Okay, so you know that
0: this is called The Real Deal, Mm -hmm. and you've listened to some episodes. Thank you for listening. of course. And so my dad always told us to be the R.D., Mm -hmm. The Real Deal, R.D. Richard Dean is his name, and then he would say the authentic article, The Real McCoy, and he told us, if you're going to get leather, make it be leather, and if it's wooden, it should be wooden, and Mm it just be the authentic thing. Yeah. He would say, no phony baloney. And that really affected me growing up, and I really think that I... I'm not saying I never struggled with it, because mm-hmm. I don't even know. I'm old enough that I can't remember everything. <laughs> but I kind of like being me. And yeah. so it's it's wonderful to think about um, being the real deal. So would you have anybody, or can you think of a person that has affected you that you felt was the real deal? If so, let us know what it was and how it affected you. Oh, gosh. I you think I have more than one. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I think... I was thinking about this, because listening to your podcast, I know yeah. this is a question. And I was like... First of all, I think all of, like, the really little kids I coach, like the third and fourth graders, they don't know anything else. They're always themselves. And it's a, both adorable and hilarious and just, like... It, Freeing. It is full on all the time, and I love it.
0: <laughs> That's such a good example. It's a,
1: it's the sweetest thing. And it's, and it's really exciting to see... It. You have that in, like, third and fourth grade. You're starting to be like... Mm-hmm maybe I got to tweak some stuff about myself, but you don't really know yet. And then it's really cool to see it kind of come back full circle when they're a lot older. Cause you know, you tend to, I think a lot of, especially girls lose that along the way yeah. in the middle there. So it's really cool to see that poke back through and be like, oh yeah, I used to be this way. I can still like that. Um, it's kind of like letting our authentic self out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. hmm and when they find, as a in my role as a coach, when I find them, when they like feel safe enough in a space for that to come out, that's always very exciting. But then my dad, like as far as like a person, yeah, my dad has always been very much himself. I think he's like gone through phases of feeling needs to manage things a bit. Yeah. But golly, like the past, I don't even know how many years it's been. Like as I've gotten to know him better, because yeah. I'm like old enough to be perceptive and aware of right, right, everything around it. And as our relationship has changed, I've just seen, he's very much like, this is what you get. This yep. is me. Yep. Take it or leave it. Most people take it, but yeah. like, I don't have to be everybody's cup of tea. That's fine. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, those are good examples. So you know what? That
0: leads me to a good thought in that. So you should tell a little bit about, uh, what you like and who you are, but a coach, you kept saying coach. So yeah. tell me
1: about that a little bit now, how you got involved or what was so... starting. I decided to play lacrosse my freshman year of high school because i had run cross country in the fall. I knew that if I did track, the coach would make me do distance in the thought of running 20 laps around an indoor track to do the two <laughs> miles when I didn't want to. It's right. like, nope, I am not a hamster on a wheel. I will be dizzy. I will be bored. I will not try. So we had just had a lacrosse team start the year before <laughs> at our high school. And I was like, well, I went to a big high school, so it was yeah. one of those things where, like, other team sports, if you hadn't played in grade school and middle school, leading you probably weren't going to make the team because it was very competitive. Yeah. So I was like, well, this is new. There are no youth leagues, so I'll give it a go. And if I'm good at it, great. We'll stick with it. If I'm not, I mean, whatever. You right. can always right. go back to track. It, right. they, it is no cut. You can always just run and I'll just convince them that I'm not going to run the 2 mile. Um so I did lacrosse my freshman year and loved it. It was yeah. the most fun and I was really good at it. So yeah. but it was re- it's really new. I mean, that's the first thing I remember about you is knowing that and kind of knowing like what
0: is lacrosse?
1: Yeah, because it was the first girls women's high school girls team was in 2003 in Madison. And so this would have been the spring of 2007, which was the second season. Year Arrow had had a program, yep. and it was the first program in the Milwaukee area. So it was super new, which mean, meant that we didn't really have coaches, and we had no one to really run clinics, and the boys' game is very different from the girls' game. I mean, the field's a different size, There's the gear's different, the yep. amount of players, and everything's yep. different. It's night and day. It's apples and oranges. So yeah. I was doing some clinic, like I was playing, like doing some pickup ball clinics indoors, playing in the fall. And I was going to like these beginner clinics too. And the guy who was coaching it had definitely never coached girls across. And it was like, he was teaching us the wrong stuff. And I'm like a classic oldest kid. Like it needs to be right. Um, (laughs) it's so true. (laughs) Like it must be right. There's a right and a wrong way. I'm very linear and binary that way. Like this is all wrong. I don't want to play against these people the way he's because he's coaching my peers but it's like their first time ever touching a stick because their school's getting a program for the next year. So I have like I, see. I have like one year ahead of them at most. So then there's almost like this justice of now
0: I've got to prevent them from getting the wrong info. Well, and I was like, <laughs>
1: I don't wanna play against them if they're he's gonna coach them this way because he's coaching them to, you know, check like the boys checking. I don't wanna get hit with a stick. And yeah. I don't like it, it was I think self preservation also just annoyance. <laughs> I'm like, you couldn't you're supposed to know what you're talking about you know the guys and you couldn't do you know the due diligence to like research and understand the women's game a little bit before you came to coach mm. i was just exasperated and i mean we had the benefit that our two coaches um one of them played at princeton and one played at yale so they oh. really knew you the game really because like... it was an east coast sport yeah. yeah and so we had the benefit that we didn't not that there's anything wrong with this but we didn't have like someone's mom or dad who was just like, oh, my kid wants to do this. You need an adult supervisor. I'll, I'll yeah. run it. So I really had, was super fortunate that way. So I talked to not the guy who was coaching us, but the guy who owned the clinics or like ran them. And I knew that the guy who was coaching us didn't really want to do it. anymore. He just was filling in because he got paid to do it. He wanted to do the boys stuff that was after ours. And I was like, look, Robin, I will run the girls clinics if I don't have to pay to do my stuff. And smart. So, and if I can get a free stick out of it, because sticks are like 200 bucks, and I was yeah. working at Piggly Wiggly and did not have money for yeah. a lacrosse stick. So he said, sure. So I started coaching when I was 16 and coaching a lot of my peers that I ended up playing with.
0: I never knew that.
1: The next year. Yeah. So I did that. I ran clinics through high school. And then the summer going into college, I ran like a travel team for some younger girls as well mm. through that was put on by my high school coach. Okay, And then in college I did a semester of club and at UW Madison, it was kind of more of a drinking team that kind of played lacrosse. It wasn't really <laughs> a lacrosse <laughs> yeah. team. I'm like, well, this is fine. Like for you guys, like you, if you want this as a social outlet,
0: totally cool. But
1: I want to actually play. I can't afford, like I need to work one. So I can't afford to like show up to all these socials you want to do every weekend. And I kind of just want to play. And we only have one tournament a season. So like, it's not really cost benefit analysis. Wasn't yeah. really worth it. And our practice times were 10 to midnight. So it was just wow. like, which is pretty normal for like non-competitive okay. clubs because okay. you're bottom of the totem pole for oh, I see. field space. But it just wasn't my cup of tea. I'm like, well, I really miss coaching. So I found a club in Madison that needed a coach, told them that I would do it and have been doing it ever since. So this is my Goodness. I've been coaching since I was 16. So this would be, this will be my seventh, my 11th season wow. coaching and like eighth in a row, like coaching yeah. high school teams. Wow. Yeah.
0: And you love it. I love it. It's the best. I love it. I didn't even know. Okay. So, but you went to Madison. I know mm-hmm. that part. So what was your actual degree in or what was your study? Or (laughs) did you go like I just wanna do lacrosse and do coaching? No,
1: I I went I changed my major four times. Oh really? So I went into school thinking I wanted to go into business. But you can't I didn't declare a business major. So I started with an undergrad in History with an, you have to pick an emphasis at Madison for your like historical studies on okay. uh, Middle Eastern studies. Okay. And I did that for a year while working through prerequisites for the business school. And I'm terrible at calculus, for not for lack of trying, but failed it twice. So there was no way I was getting into the business yes. school. Yep. So from there, I was like, oh, I'll do com arts. Did that, but it was much more radio, TV, film focused. And okay. that's, I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. And it was more like the study of how we communicate than it was application. Got it. So from there, I went into um, life science communications, which is like, it's kind of like an agricultural business degree. So it's in the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences at UW-Madison. And it was a degree started to communicate scientific topics to a lay audience. So it's like a marketing, PR, business degree all in one. So I graduated with that. So nothing remotely coaching related. Right.
0: Right, but the whole time continuing to coach. Yes. And doing things like that. Yeah. So what did you learn about yourself through the figuring out and choosing different majors? What did you learn? Because it's a beautiful thought of being, nope, don't go that way. Almost like going through a maze. Yeah.
1: Well, the whole time I was, I mean, I love history, so I liked it, but I'm like, this isn't, I don't want to teach, so I don't, and i like, I enjoy writing. I don't like it enough to, I didn't see a good job like career yep. fit for myself yep. with history. It was more of a hobby. And I knew I didn't want to just study things. I knew I needed to be like working with people. For a long time I thought I wanted to do event planning and managing. And yep. I worked in Milwaukee doing that for you a were lot time. you very of... good at it. But that Thank doesn't you. mean you want to do it forever, right? Well I really I really season? did, but I one, there wasn't, there wasn't really a degree at Madison related to that, okay. and I wasn't going to change schools. I liked coaching too much. I liked my other jobs too much yeah. to switch. So I was like, well, I, a business, do, you know, a marketing, a PR degree is applicable across a bunch of different arenas, so I'll go there. The reason I ended up not doing it is, one, I realized I didn't want all of my weekends to be yep. taken up yep. doing it. And I had a really rough boss at my last one, at my last... Position I worked at, I loved the venue, very cool. I really liked working with people, but was not a good fit with the owner. And I was just realizing that the there's a lot, there can be a lot of really unhealthy habits in the service industry Mm. Mm. in general, just because of the hours, the constant being around alcohol, late nights, and it just it's fine for me, but I wasn't getting connections that felt like they were relationships I really wanted to pursue. At least not in the confine, like lovely people, but the way they connected and spent time with each other is not something I wanted to join in on. So. What, there's
0: wisdom in saying, this isn't for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And this doesn't need to be forever. Nor no. do I need to stay in something. You know what I mean? Like, we can yeah. be taught, like, to not quit.
1: Mm-hmm. But not
0: quit sometimes is not the best advice. Oh, okay, wait a minute. i got to be careful. But what I'm saying is, you should persevere. But sometimes it's like, this is not the best. This is not life-giving. This is yeah. not where
1: I should be. Well, in the yeah, and for me, the reality was, I'm... i I'm a recovering people pleaser, um, I would say. That's such a good point. So I was very good at it because I'm very good at paying attention to what people need. And and I will not execute something incorrectly. I will do it until it is exactly what you want it to be. And because I know that these events are always big. Like if you're having an event, it's a big part of your life, especially weddings, which is what most of what I was doing. Right. So I knew that I was spending so much time really, really, not obsessing, but like really hyper-focused yeah. on making sure that people, and you can't make people happy sometimes because they're kind of just looking for ways to be cranky and blame you for stuff. Yeah. So it just was not the most productive Yeah. Place yeah. for me to land. Yeah, well, term. good for you. Okay, so rattle off the places you work. Brrr. Oh, goodness. Piggly <laughs> Wiggly was it number one? <laughs> uh, I mean, babysitting was probably yes. my first and four, first job, but Piggly Wiggly. And then I worked at Camp Vertical at Elmberg for yep. four years. That was the most fun. Because once again, with kids and just yeah. being such oh, a so firecracker that yeah. you are. Yeah. Coaching in a myriad of different yep. roles and teams. I, goodness. How did I get that job? I um, worked for Bartolata's when they ran Burner Botanical Gardens as an assistant event planner there. Yep. I interned with another event planning company out of Port Washington. Oh. I managed a venue downtown Milwaukee. Yeah. I did catering with Broca for two summers. Yeah. There's more in there. Worked for, at Ian's Pizza for all of high school, or not all of high school, all of college, yes. and then afterwards for a bit. That was a lot of fun. I you even had
0: Ian's pizza. I did. At that your was wedding. my
1: wedding food. I That's called all in all of my service industry favors. I'm <laughs> falling on a budget. <laughs> no, but it was so fun. It was so good though. It, it was, was the so best. Good. I worked for a marketing agency in Madison, and I also worked at the vineyard of the people who at, at the vineyard that the woman who owned the marketing agency ran. Oh. Um, That's a lot,
0: Chelsea.
1: Yeah, I've had a lot of... De- oh, and then I, when I was done with marketing, before I got my job, my current job, I worked at Blue's Egg hosting for oh, yeah. a year. I love that place. It's the most delicious. That was where our desserts were from for the wedding. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because I liked them. Yeah. yeah. That was, and then now I work at the uh, P. Miller Performance Group doing training, which is my dad's business.
0: Yeah. And you're yes, good at it.
1: I'm very good at you're it. I would really say. Really <laughs> good at it. And you're, per- yeah. you're my personal trainer. I am your personal trainer. You're fancy. <laughs> yeah. You have a personal trainer.
0: I do. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? Just yes. So I, I'm going to see my trainer today because I'm so the real deal. I gotta go see my trainer. No, you but do. you are both firm and encouraging, Thank and, you. and you expect the best, and you execute well. Thank so you. then it makes people go, okay, mm-hmm. I think you're just in a really great space for right now and a really great um, yeah. situation. It feels life-giving to me to watch mm, you.
1: Mm-hmm. It's you know? life-giving to do it. I yeah. really, I look forward to it every day. I get to work with really cool people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You And you're so, you connect easily with people. Thank you. Yeah. People want to like the person they're working I with. I certainly hope so. And something. So Otherwise, it's hard to show go up. Th- go there for a minute. Yeah. What, are you, what have you noticed about people... What have you noticed about people's bodies? What do you, like, I guess what I'm saying is where are some of the places people need help? Because are there things that they do that injure themselves? Like, I don't even know what I'm asking, but... Yeah. Like, what's kind of something you're finding as
1: you've worked with lots of people? Oh, gosh. That's a big question. It is a big question. There's, like, so, so many places down. to go there. Well, first of all, I think, like, bodies are just really cool. Yeah. So, like, it's so fun to both see what people can do with their bodies and then like the aha moments when people start understanding how things are supposed to move if they don't move the way they are is like that's really exciting because it's just like this huge light bulb moment and I mean I have that both with my clients at the gym and with the girls I coach because a lot of I mean coaching female athletes a lot of like Girls do not learn to move athletically, I think, as much as boys do, because they start sports later a lot of times, or it's just not as expected. Like, if you're a boy in athletics, it's just assumed, like, yeah, I go to the weight. Like, weight room is part of what you do, and you just, you do little league. You do, like, you know, tiny kicker soccer and stuff. And that's changing a bit for girls, but, like, getting comfortable in their bodies and knowing how they move in space and feeling like strong in different positions is still a very like foreign, non emphasized concept. Mm -hmm. So that's really fun. Do you watch people sort of transform? Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? Almost like maturation in the fact that like I'm maturing and knowing like I can do this. Mm -hmm. They're like turning into the butterfly when they were in the chrysalis. Like, wow. Yeah, I, I know how to do this or I can do this. Get it kind of empowered.
1: Yeah it's, yeah, it's super empowering. I would say, but I mean, back to your question about things that I think a lot of people need or not need, but like we struggle with. I think we have a lot of people have desk jobs and a lot of people are sitting a lot all day. So um, posturally, I think I'm finding that one of the common themes that pretty much anyone I'm working with needs help with is like shoulder positioning and just yeah. Right. That's me. Everybody, please stand up. Uh, <laughs> and and just knowing how to manage how your upper body's supposed to move because we're so yes to sitting. And even if we think we have good posture, like slouching at times or things kicking where they're not supposed to and getting a really rounded, somewhat, excuse me, kyphotic positioning. So learning to open up. And I mean, yeah, that's everybody across the board. Is that sort board. of that...
0: Is that sort of yeah. like rounded shoulders Yeah, the, yeah in? internal
1: rotation with your shoulders, driving a lot with your upper traps, so the muscle that, come, that you would think of on the top of your shoulder that people say they feel a lot of tension and they can just be, like, rock hard. So not... And, I mean, good posture isn't, oh, I can crank my shoulders back really far and now, like, feel really tight posteriorly. It's, can my, you know, shoulder blades sit where they're supposed to in, like, that pocket, basic, for yep. lack of a better word, but, yep. like, as a visual... And can I have, like, a nice wide chest with just a, you know, can I take up space and not shrink myself? Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. That's a cool thought. Which is a, yeah, (laughs) I know. Can I take up
0: space instead of shrink myself? Yeah.
1: Which is a, I mean, (laughs) and I mean, we, I have the benefit of, I get to work with really cool, very successful people at the studio that I think are used to taking up space in other areas, but then physically don't feel empowered or strong enough to like own their physical space, which think how much more powerful they would be in their engagement with other people. If their body felt safe and like locked in wherever so they stand. So, good. so that's really cool to see because you see it in how people carry themselves. But with, I mean, so many of the young girls I work with, that's an even bigger conversation because I mean, I don't know, high school's hard. So is middle school. They're yeah. difficult times. Yeah. And I, Learning how to hold you and carry yourself, and not like let me round my shoulders, let me make my chest feel smaller. Let's make sure my butt's not sticking. You know yep. all of that yeah, 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 yeah. body image stuff. So learning that like your body is capable of incredible things and is so strong and just so be, like fearfully and wonderfully made. It's like oh my gosh, this is so cool. That's and them feeling mm. really like, proud of the agency they have over it and what their body can do means that they carry themselves differently and aren't trying to avoid what, you know, God has given them. Yeah, Because yeah. they go through a lot of their day trying to, like, don't look at this, don't look yeah, at yeah, that, yeah, yeah, and, you yeah. know, you know, braid it here, tie it there, lock it down, <laughs> tie it. Like, it just, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's like this ongoing fiddle, I mean, ongoing futzing of, like, is it all perfect? Does it present well? Yeah are people looking at me the ways that I don't want them to look at me having one feeling strong and capable to one advocate for yourself when that happens is so important i think to yep know that you don't need to feel less than because someone else decided to say something inappropriate that's not reflective on how incredible you are that's a, that's a them thing not a me thing amen and then so, so yeah. did
0: you ever have like you're so uh, you're so aware of mm-hmm. the struggle that it can be for girls, when yeah. whatever, did you struggle with that in the in the middle school, high school? Or Are you just because spe- it is this constant thought of do I have a tape running through my head about how I hold myself all the time, or yeah. am I free
1: to be whatever? I think. Um, do you remember? Yeah, that I was do. A No, it wasn't that long. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yes and no. I would say when it comes to strictly body image with how I carry myself, I have been. Very blessed to have parents who are incredibly encouraging of me being beautiful as I was or as I am. I, we didn't have a scale growing up. And because of the industry my dad is in, We it was always a celebration of what can my body do, not what does it look like. So from an- So good.
0: Say that again.
1: Yeah. like It, it was. What it, it was, can do. Yeah. What is it capable of? What can you, how can you challenge yourself? Let's celebrate what- incredible things like your muscles can do how fast you can run how high you can jump all of that so I never from a body image standpoint I never I don't remember ever being concerned about my weight or the size of my clothes because it was like I like how like I can do really cool things like (laughs) and my clothes fit fine we're good so that I'm very fortunate in that respect that I don't think I I didn't I don't remember ever struggling with body image issues that way but and back to the you know recovering people pleaserness i cared immensely about how i fit into relationships with other people and i would say for a very for a very long time i cared a lot about trying to be a make everyone like me and but I wasn't into the same stuff as a lot of people. So it's like, I'm not going to be on the inner circle of that. And the reality, you know, hindsight 2020, I probably wouldn't have liked it much if I was, cause those weren't my people. Yeah. So, I mean, I was a kid, like in high school, I would bake a cake for everyone's birthday because I wanted them to like me and I would have everyone over cause I wanted them to like me and I would host everything. And I never was really like in the group. I was on the periphery. So I would get forgotten for a lot of invites and then I would be invited like adjacently because I had like a couple of good friends that were part of the middle of it so I'd get to come along with and I've, and it I mean in hindsight the couple of people I'm still close with are my people and I wouldn't have and, like the other folks I wouldn't have gotten along with long term. Yeah, yeah. like it wasn't but I mean that, may, that that's can can be, be hurtful, Yeah, though. it's tough in high school. I mean, you want your people. You want to have like a group that you connect with. And you want to feel like you're thought of and considered for things. And it's like, oh, we really want to have Chelsea come with. She will make this more fun. Yeah. You want, like, for me, that mattered a lot. Yeah. And. So how did you feel like you began to recover? I'm sorry. I totally interrupted No, that's fine. I don't, I can, I can rattle on that for a
0: while. I don't. Did you ever have an aha? Was there a moment where like enough or "I I don't know. I'm not trying to.
1: I think. No, I I think I went through high school still caring a lot about that. I think I went through college still caring a lot about that. And I think I started to realize that on the, towards the end of my college career and then when I had a house full of women I really liked that I really got along with that were not me, but like we meshed. Yeah, yeah. We like we lined up. We had the most fun together and we were able to just include each other in things and celebrate who we were as people. And I didn't have to like work to make them like me. Yeah. They sought me out to be around me. I didn't have to like inject myself into things, which yeah. helped a lot. Yeah, I think that helped a lot. It was tough because it was like in high school. The people I got along with were people that I probably, that didn't, ju- or the people that I wanted to get along with were people that didn't get my faith side of things. And then in mm-hmm. college, at the beginning, it swung the other way where I was in a house full of like the opposite side, incredibly conservative women, and I was too too much of a rebel for that. Yeah, way too <laughs> like, liberal whatever. Which was like okay, like I can put makeup on it doesn't make me think I'm it's not me like being vain. Moving on. Like <laughs> I can curl my hair in the morning. It's not that I like I'm prioritizing my image too much and it's an idol in my life. I get to I get to look cute. It's fine. Yeah. So, I think for a long time, like in high school it was, well, I'm just I'm not fitting in because I'm it's like trite set apart message but not like in a healthy way like and then I it swung so far the other way at the beginning of college where it was like in the world not of the world is like all we are and so literal we're so that that it was we are so not of the world that we don't even know how to connect to the world and that's not healthy either and that's not what we're called for either no so seeing both sides of that and going Kate, well this one wasn't like this isn't right either made me go I can going to exist in the middle and I'm eventually going to find people that are on the same page with yeah. me. And that was like realizing that I tried to fit into both extremes and neither worked was like a, okay. Yeah. Kind of an aha of all
0: yeah, of it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love the part about when you were in college and you kind of found your people that you didn't need to be similar to that whole celebrating yeah. thing. Like that's part of my mantra. You know, mm-hmm. Don't compare, don't compete, celebrate is something I yeah. say all the time because... We get ourselves in such a bad place if we compare because we're not really actually celebrating who God made us to be. Yeah. Because we think somehow he messed up by not making us like them. That's not exactly. Right. And the competing people get really worried because they think I mean competing for the best or in sports. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about for God's attention or yes. his love or mm-hmm. his ear to hear your prayer. You don't have to compete. He's like got everybody. We're yeah. all his kids, right? Exactly. And then to celebrate not just him but each other Mm-hmm. That is a very freeing thing. And yeah. when women get on the other side of it where they actually go, you go, girl. And I love that you're not like me. Can we be friends because yeah. we're not alike? And so the bouquet of flowers looks better when you got the sunflower and the like little mm-hmm. tiny pretty one that's like yeah. dainty, you know, you got all these things together. That's when it's
1: really fun. Yeah. That's when it's really fun. Well, and to, and to that point, I think I had not had anyone celebrate me. I think I was in my own way I was celebrating a lot of people but you know you can't just keep pointing out and not receiving and when it's not coming back to you at all it's like am I doing like what am I doing wrong that this isn't yeah I want this so bad so I'm modeling what I want and how I wish people would you know see what's great about me and unique about me I'm putting that out I'm celebrating them why is this not coming back yeah so starting to finally find people that Got that mm. was huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And I can almost see, like, rewind, go back to the making the cakes for people. Mm-hmm. You could do that even now, but it wouldn't be to fit in. It would be merely out of a healthy place of going, I like me and I like you. Yeah. And truly celebrating. Isn't that yeah. interesting that the same exact behavior mm-hmm. can have different motives? And yeah. it's different stuff going on on the inside. But mm-hmm. anyway, that, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you about, you knew you had a faith and you wanted to go there, and mm-hmm. but you didn't want it to be so faith that you can't be in the world. Do you have like a, a Bible verse? Do you have an anchor? Do you have something that you were baptized over? Do you have something that has helped kind of shape you? Because I believe we don't just get one, but we begin to collect them and yeah. they form us.
1: I've always... Always loved Isaiah 40, 30, 31. That has been, like, my mantra for forever and ever. If I were to get a tattoo, if I was going to get a Bible verse tattoo, that was always what I thought it would be. Just because the... Is
0: that the run with
1: the the Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Just because it's like... That is you. It is. It's so me. It's always been me. you, Chelsea. Which has been, like, so... Yeah, it's good stuff. It's so you. Because... When I was little at all, not when I was little, when I was in okay. grade school and middle school and high school, it always spoke to me because my parents are always like, they knew that it was, school was not the easiest time for me. Just wait. You're going to find your people. Like, just wait, just wait. And I was like, okay, well, it's looking at my freaking watch right now. Like it's <laughs> yeah. been like, tick-tock. when is the time you said grade school, would be middle school. Mm, I don't think anybody finds their people in middle school. So because everybody's figuring themselves out, we're kind of selfish then. <laughs> here mm, like okay like my watch, spend watch my, my whole life <laughs> and it's really draining it's like it's totally strength sapping to be like shoot i just when am i gonna get a break so i love this because this is the real deal yeah this is how it's... this is the feeling yeah yeah and and eventually it comes around and it's so freeing it feels like you're soaring so it's like oh it's easy now It feels Mm -hmm. like flying because it's just, it's not, like, life isn't easy, but, like, relationships feel easy because it's, I'm not trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and make all this stuff work. I just get to go. Yep. I don't have to, like, think about what I'm going to say, mind my P's and Q's, you know, think about how I'm engaging with this person, but then, like, shift gears for this thing. I just get to be. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. it's such a release. Mm -hmm. so 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 that has always stuck with me. That's just been my forever verse of everything. Isaiah. Yeah. Oh, so
0: good. That is, I, I that really is you. That's yeah. cute. You know, we are meant to soar like the eagles. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to be down no. on the ground with the pigeons, but while it's happening to kids and whatever, it's the truth. And for the believer, we really aren't made to fit in. We're made to stick out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so it, it is a thing that God's done a really good work, really yeah. good work in you. Okay. uh Let's go to the haircut. Yes. It's so cute. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you can't see because this is a podcast, but it's uh, about jaw length. Yes. Kind of
1: curly because that's mm-hmm. your own hair. This is what it does. It's so cute. Yes. Why did you cut it? Because I have had the roller coaster of all roller coasters with my hormones. So yeah. when, I don't know how like deep into anatomy and fizz can we get on here for oh. like sense whatever. Michael can cut it. Whatever. Um, I don't care um, for what it's worth. Like, yeah. We can talk about all of it. I'm very open with it. So I graduated college. And at that point, I was good, but I was starting to feel tired all the time. Mm. And I was... Let's see. By that point, it had been between a year and a half and two years of not having any sort of cycle, oh. which is also super weird and not normal for me at all and there was no reason I shouldn't be. I was needing to sleep like 12 hours a day and still passing out. I was vomiting almost every morning. I was wow. dizzy all the time and on top of so I was just like a mess ma- and I was getting like massive migraines and I was sick as all get out and wow, loads of doctors I was visiting. And I mean at one point I was on I was eating a 5000 calorie a day diet and I still lost 10 pounds in a month, wasn't working out at all because my body was just like in, like dwindling. Yeah. I was literally cannibalizing myself for lack of a better good yeah, term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And many doctors two maybe two or three year process. Yeah. About two years. It was like 2014 to 2016. Finally found a doctor that had a, what I felt was a better solution because I wasn't just the answers I was getting were not sitting great with me in the yep. solutions. I was hearing like that doesn't doesn't sound right. So, finally found a doctor that diagnosed me with premature ovarian insufficiency or failure, meaning that basically my ovaries don't create estrogen or progesterone by themselves. So, body needs hormones, endocrine system needs to create that stuff. So, result of all of it was My body was breaking down muscle bone to pull what it needed to try to, you know, jumpstart and create all these hormones in me. I was essentially 24 and well, from 22 to 24 and going through menopause. So that was the most fun. (laughs) Wow.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you about a storm in your life. I think this is, yeah, this would would be a stormy
1: season. Oh yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. It was just like nothing. What was going through your head as that was going through your body? I was so tired. You detached. I was, I don't think I was intentionally detached. I think I was just so tired. I couldn't, it was literally just like survive. Mm. So it was like exasperation because I wasn't getting answers. Trying to, you know, work my first job post college, which fortunately, you know, thank goodness was remote so I could work from home every day mm. and I could sleep for two hours in the middle of the day when I needed to. And then as long as I got my hours in and work was on time, it was fine. Right. So that was a huge blessing because I would not have been able to hold down a job otherwise, I don't think. But I don't, I don't know much going through my mind because I was just like, I was so zapped. Yeah. So, I mean, finally got that sorted. The, The other stormy part about all of that was finding out that I probably can't ever have kids. So that was, like, a huge, like, just, like, knife to the gut because I love kids. I've always imagined oh, I yeah. was going to have kids. And it's not that I didn't think of other methods for having kids. It was just, you know, growing yeah. up, it's like, yeah. I mean, I have kids, like, the air air quotes, normal, biological way. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. I've always wanted to be a mom. This is how I'm going to do yeah. it. Yeah. So, You'll be a fabulous mom. Thank so you. Know. I'm very excited. Eventually. i will be So that was, that was, like, a that was a pretty big punch to the gut and it took there's there's still definitely like stages of grieving with that. I'm I'm very okay with it. Now I'm very at peace with it. I'm very much so trusting like God has phenomenal plans for my life he and does. I'm super excited about the yeah. way that he is going to bring kids into my life since it won't be the traditional way and I'm very good with that, but it took a lot of like on and off. And you know, some, I don't I think that's something that you're understandably you'll go through and be like waking up and be like well that really sucks today yeah and then is this like, my real
0: life yeah yeah like
1: shoot that's not a choice and i think it's and it's frustrating mostly just because it's like i like to have choices i don't want to be told like a blanket hard no and i think it was it's also tough because i'm i was i mean i'm still really young but i was really young when i found out and like my friends don't know what to say to that they're like Twenty-two themselves. they're not thinking about kids at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it can be really tough. And you have people that want to be helpful for you, especially like peers your age. But hearing like, well, you can't, say, you can't say that it's not going to happen for you. That's not having a good faith. That's not a that's that's not having great faith in what God can do, if you're saying that you're not going to have kids. I'm like, well, or I'm just trying to protect my mental health and accept that God has greater, better plans for me. And it's not going to be this. So, so it's also tough to hear, like, you just need to, you need to hang on to faith with that. I'm like, well, yeah. Or my, I'm, I do have faith. It's just faith that he has something better planned for me than I could even think of myself. Yeah. yeah. But don't, so it's really tough to have that kind of engagement yeah. process. Yeah. yeah. Where like someone thinks they're being encouraging and supporting, but then they're also like calling you out for not being a good Christian essentially. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. okay, come on. Like, Yeah. Mm. Not really what I was getting
0: at. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right. Back to The Real Deal.
1: But, so, sorry. Back to the whole hair thing. That was a no, but No, but that makes so much sense. (laughs) Yeah. So, the hair thing now is, I've had it, I've been able to regulate my hormones better because the other... Side product is even if I can't have kids, you have to have estrogen and progesterone because without it, women are at much higher risk for osteoporosis, breast cancer, early onset Alzheimer's. That they we've found with research that like the sooner women enter menopause, the greater risk they are for early onset dementia, and Alzheimer's because you need those hormones. So I um, I supplement them and I take like a topical cream. Okay, and had been doing really well with it for like two years. And went off of it because we switched pharmacies. I was doing well. There was a chance that my, like, I was young enough that, like, this could kickstart my body to working right. Yeah. So, but it didn't. So I had, like, a season of kind of regressing for a bit there. And the result of that is I've had, like, super crummy hair growth, massive hair loss and a receding hairline. And then that tied up with, um... (laughs) She giggles. It's just, it's, like, ironic. It's just humorous at this point. Like, okay. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Give me a break. Coupled with, you know, being in a top, knot on the top of my head every day working at the gym, I was yeah. just yanking out palms full of hair every time I showered. Wow. And I'm like, this is, dang, this isn't good. I'm not going to have any hair left by the time I'm 30. And that's not, I don't, can't afford yeah. wigs right now. And I, I want I don't, a full head of hair. I, I want to at least, you know, not be balding yet. <laughs> um, so chopped it all off so that it could just have a chance to kind of kickstart now that I'm getting back to a healthier rhythm with things. Yep. And my body's more regulated. Yep. I'm having better hair growth, you know. Knock on wood. Hopefully, <laughs> I like it short. I've had it's it short so before. So cute. So we'll see how long we keep it. I'm thinking we're gonna keep it for rocks. I really like it. Yeah, and it isn't annoying yet. But
0: it sort of is like a prophetic. I'm doing well. Like it looks mm-hmm. good too. Do you know what I mean? That which. Oh is yeah, it really looks a good. lot
1: healthier and less stringy. Yeah, for sure. Because really they cut all. And the, you've like, got
0: really great curl. Thank you. That's your own. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it just so cute. does that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. We'll see
1: how it holds up in the humidity right now. Yeah. It, it really it has a It'll leg It'll get up. curlier, right? Probably? Yeah, it might get very fluffy. We'll oh, see.
0: So cute. One of the things I want to know is when you said, going back, way back to the coaching mm-hmm. thing, you're like, but I'm firstborn, and so I wanted it to be this way. Tell me a little bit about growing up and being the oldest of kids or whatever like what did you guys do what did you play did you like my kids played theater
1: and cash register and like did Uh you play dress up did you what did you do how was your growing up years we are we all grew up really close like i love all my siblings we've always it's i mean i'm very fortunate we truly never like really really fought like we got along really we get along really well i mean my two sisters are my best friends like i love them to the moon and back they're great Mm -hmm. and i'm close as my brother too. And are you close in age? Boom, 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 boom. Kinda? Yeah. Every so there's years? myself. My brother's two years younger than me. Austin, Ellie, or she's going by her full name, Helena now for theater things is two years younger than Austin. Okay. And then Bella's two years younger yeah, than so me boom, 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 or okay. than Ellie. So we're all just about two years apart ish. And were I typical
0: I, oldest. Did you oh, boss them around? Oh yeah.
1: I'm <laughs> well, and it's funny cause I didn't, I don't mean it in a negative way. Well, and and my parents would laugh and say this too. I did not boss them around for sake of bossing them around. I 100% bossed them around because it was like, mom and dad said to do this. And I am a rule follower. Got it. I am like so a rule follower. I like locked in. (laughs) So like you will, you'll see pictures of us, all of us together as a family and, like, I'm sure Austin was squirming around, or Ellie was, and you can see that I'm, like, <laughs> gripping the heck out of his arm, like, lock it down, dude. Because <laughs> we're not, like, we're not supposed to be doing this right now. Yeah, yeah. I was, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it was, and it was all out of a sense of duty and justice and the way things were supposed yeah. to be. Yeah.
0: But you have a good relationship with Austin. Oh, yeah, them. we
1: got along. Yeah, we got along. Because, I mean, my parents did a good job of, like, pointing out how ridiculous I was just, like like oh my gosh I would have probably made like a very good Catholic nun like and as a teacher you know (laughs) like ruler on the wrist like no like as a kid so we played a lot growing oh my goodness so Austin bless his heart you know three sisters he was fortunate that we're all fairly tomboyish so we liked playing outside we would oh my gosh like so it was interesting, because, like... So he
0: didn't, like, make him wear dress-up stuff and no, he, or anything? No, he
1: would offer to and try to join in. Like, he would want to get his nails painted. And, yeah. like, if we played dolls, he would bring his cars in, and, like, he'd yeah. have his car that would, like, chauffeur us around, and, like, that would be his role and if He wouldn't have to play with the dolls. He would be the car. Yeah. Um, but like, we'd build, like, Hot Wheels tracks together, and we'd play Legos together, but it would drive me bonkers, because being the rule follower, I'd want to follow like the instructions in the Legos. Yeah. And Austin <laughs> Wanna be is to like, creative. woo, <laughs> drop it on the floor, let's just build them. Mi- this is not what it's supposed to be or mixing the ninjas with the Indiana Jones and now I just don't know and I just want to build exactly what the picture has.
0: Yeah. My firstborn son was playing with trains once, little, maybe mm-hmm. three. Yeah. And somebody put the, The wrong things in the wrong order. Mm. They coupled the engine near the... Mm. He he just went nuts. It was like He couldn't handle it.
1: Well, that was... It was cute. It was three, you know. Yeah. Well, that was... I mean, oh, gosh. I mean, this is not my siblings, but this is our first dog, Buster. My parents got me a Barbie kitchen. And they don't think they make them like this still, but it was like... It felt... It folded open, and there was literally, like, little pegs to hang, like, Barbie-sized spatulas and, like, tiny things. Wow. And I'm, like, probably five, six, and I am meticulously setting it up, hanging the spatula on the hook above the stove, putting the fridge (laughs) arranged, everything. But it's plastic, so of course like a strong of light wind comes in, it's gonna fall over. Right. And Buster, who was the sweetest dog. I mean he would let me put clip on earrings on him. I dressed him up. He was and never growled. Like he was so sweet. What
0: kind of a dog was he was a mutt, like a
1: golden retriever Australian shepherd mix of some sort. But he wanted, you know, wanted to be part of it because we were buds. And oh, bless his heart, he like nosed it a bit, and it all fell over. And I think I lost it on him, and he felt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> he like, which means he's just like more in the middle of it, cause he's trying to apologize and make up for poor dog. Yeah. I, but, but I was like, I was very meticulous. Yeah. Ellie loves make believe. Ellie has written like an entire script for her her childhood. Things happened in Ellie's childhood and Ellie's storyline of her childhood that never happened because it's Mm. Ellie's world and how she imagined it. I mean, clearly she's super creative. She's made... She's in London studying theater right now. Like... But I mean, you look at like the story she wrote my mom when she was little of, I waited for the mailman. I watched him come up. I said, hello, miss. Yeah. yeah. There's an entire screenplay narrative going on in Ellie's life that no one else is privy to, but it is so vibrant. I mean, full orchestration. Oh my gosh. There's, <laughs> there's fairies everywhere. There's everything. It's love it. It's, isn't it
0: amazing how everybody's so mm-hmm. different? It really is mm-hmm. cool. It is. You know it's what I mean? so Same cool. parents, same home. Yeah. Totally different lives mm-hmm. because we, we're an individual. Mm-hmm. It, it really is really cool. Yeah. That's so fun. Well, um, I do know one thing. Uh, I think your mom told me that you had a really great relationship with your maternal grandpa. I did. Can he's you tell us a little best. bit about him? Oh he's, my He's gosh. no longer living. Is that No, correct?
1: my grandpa, Milt Wurst, um, passed away when I was in fifth grade. Okay. Um, which, worst W-U-R-S-T W-R-S-T, is very German. Okay. And gosh. Probably until, so both my parents worked when I was really little. Okay. So when I was super little, I would hang with my grandpa. And I probably, in my mind, I hung out with him like all the time. I don't think it was that often. I was with my mom a fair amount, But in my okay. mind, I saw my grandpa yeah. like every day. And, and he was the best. Oh my gosh, like bless his heart. I talked nonstop and he just listened and asked questions and never cut me off. And we would, and he had a video recorder, so we would take it everywhere, and we have tapes on tapes on tapes that we need to get converted to, like, the cloud so we can actually see them. But he always drove Oldsmobiles where the outside matched the fake corded interior. Okay. He, he always had cassette tapes of John Philip Sousa playing in the car. Okay. Like, all the always. time. All the time. And he was bald, so he always wore a fedora because his head got cold. Oh. Um, and we always had peppermint lifesavers. And he'd always give you two, one for each side of your mouth. Oh, cute. <laughs> Which, t- I think he's created compulsive candy OCD t- tendencies in me because I cannot eat like if I have a bag of Skittles yeah I need to have like two reds one for each side like I oh. eat my I'm not kidding it's it's to- <laughs> it's a little titch of like a little bit too compulsive because I have to have balanced flavor now it's yeah, 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 yeah 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 <gasps> yeah and we would go to this donut shop in Delafield that I co- I have no idea what it was actually called and it's not there anymore but I called it the sprinkly donut shop because oh. I'm like three and you know, that's special, what you call special things. huge day. Yeah. And I'd get a big glass of milk and a long jam with sprinkles and we would sit and have donut and milk time. And he would take me to the library in Heartland where he was friends with the librarian ladies that were retired and I would get to go like back in their offices and talk to them. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever mm-hmm. that I got to talk to the librarians and I knew the people there. Yeah. And like he, we would just go on adventures and he would just ask me questions and Oh, my gosh. I have really sweet Valentine's Day cards he would make me every year oh. from scratch. And he'd draw, like, little stick figures. And we'd we'd go on walks. We'd feed the ducks. Like, just we were inseparable. We were best so buds. so cool. Yeah. Oh, he was the best.
0: Mm, that's a forever yeah. investment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Changes you. Well, and I was his only grandkid here because all my mom's brothers live in California. So he had... My cousin Landon and my cousin Jenna, but didn't get to see him. So I really was, like, I'm so lucky I got to have him all to myself. Yeah. It was, oh, it was so fun. You know, the way he makes you
0: feel, or even the way thinking about him, yeah. spending time with you, is literally how God feels about mm-hmm. us kids. Do you, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's really neat. He mm-hmm. he was a picture of that to you. Absolutely. And I'm so there, even while you're telling
1: yeah. it. Oh, it touches me. Yeah. I'm getting choked. Well, off. I have like all, like, it's all such happy memories, but you yeah. just cry thinking about it. Yeah, it's it's like, joy. it was so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. I yeah, totally, what was his name? Howard. Howard. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Thank you for even sharing your heart. Yeah. And even talking about your precious grandpa with me. because yeah. I wouldn't know that about you if I hadn't mm-hmm. asked. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, isn't that kind of interesting how we go through life and people are so complex and they're so amazing and mm-hmm. we just. Hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah. And don't know each other sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Is there a time in your life when you have seen God be the real deal? With all the storms that you're going through or things that have happened, is there times where he seemed more real? I guess, not seemed, but introduced himself differently or anything? Because you've kind of known him all your life.
1: Yeah. Um, let me think. I think, um, hmm. when I, so when Zach and I first started dating and oh, like, yeah, we didn't
0: even talk about the fact oh, that you're yes. married.
1: My lovely husband. He's the best. <laughs> so when Zach and I started dating, I, I think ever since I found out I couldn't have kids, I was very, I think I was. It wasn't top of my mind, but it was kind of under the surface. I was very nervous about how any relationship would ever go because I was always there was a part of me that was really scared that I would meet someone that I really loved, but I would have to tell them that like, we won't be able to have kids this way and it wouldn't work out because, and that's completely fine. Like I get that it's really important for some people to have biological kids. And that's totally fine if that's a really big priority for them, but that's a non-starter for me. That's something I can't do. Um, Or, like, we couldn't do, whoever that person would be. So I remember meeting Zach and us dating for, we were dating for probably about four months right now. And I was like, man, I really like him. Shoot. And super nervous about when this conversation would go up because we hadn't like, we've been going on dates, but we weren't like officially dating or anything yet. And I was like, okay, well, if he asks me to be his girlfriend for this to be a thing, I feel like I got to tell him it from the get-go because it's kind of a non-starter or it might be a non-starter. We both are very intentional people and I don't want to not waste his time, but like if this is going to be a big deal for him, then we shouldn't get, we shouldn't pour more into this because I don't want to convince you otherwise. And I should... I rightly shouldn't have to. It's fine if I if that matters to you. And the relationship is established with honesty too.
0: So it's a good yeah. thing from the beginning, not hiding something.
1: From Absolutely. And then like it'll just be harder to bring up later. And then I'm just gonna have this pit in my stomach all the time. And you're like, man, I keep like falling more and more in love with this guy and this might not even it would have been scary. Um, so I remember praying a lot about that and just there was a lot of fear around that. And then finally Gosh, this was, we started dating in a, in July and this, not last July, but a few years back. And then this would have been September. Him uh, asking me if we want to like really date and like make this be in a relationship. And me being, saying, probably giving him a heart attack, bless his heart. I said, I would love that, but there's something I need to tell you first. And opening up and sharing this and him being... So kind and so loving and just hugging me and saying like, wow, that sounds really hard. How do you feel about that? And saying, that doesn't matter to me. And that was like a huge, like, look, God, there's a person for me. You have provided something yeah. for me. And that was like a huge moment because I was so scared. Yeah. A real
0: kind God.
1: Yeah. That would
0: give you a kind. Yeah. Man. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm.
1: What's something you love about Zach? Oh, gosh, what don't I love about him? (laughs) He's the best. (laughs) Zach is super honest. He is so direct. Such a straight shooter. Like, what you see is what you get. He has no poker face. (laughs) Like, he just doesn't. Like, if he's frustrated, like, it's very clear. Um, (laughs) No guessing. And I so appreciate that about him. He is wonderfully direct. He really, really... um values my opinion and respects me and asks me so many like it's he like he really makes me feel super smart yeah i know like he i just i really like having con- deep conversations with him because i know that he's like he's coming into any conversation we have really wanting to know my opinion and Valuing looking it. well i looking to have a dialogue and be like hey i don't know how i feel about x y or z what are your thoughts on it? Let's have a discussion mm. and like forming opinions and thoughts and beliefs together. And that's really cool. That's so we so get good. to, I feel so much like we are partners in everything. So, and good. like we are so a team and that's the coolest thing ever. That's so good.
0: Yeah. And I love that you love to be with him. And mm-hmm. I'm also grateful that he had something to do today so that yeah. you didn't get to be with him. Exactly. So you got to something be with, with you. <laughs> yeah, it's his busy season. So it works well. Yeah. Selfish, but I love it. Well, I, I just, I really, really appreciate you chatting with me, Chelsea. I just love you so much. Thank you are an incredible woman. I know that you know I feel that way. Yeah. But I'm not sure that you've even had your mind's eye on what God has for you or how incredible he sees you. Because... Yeah. It's, I'm starting to get a feel for it, and it's, like, very exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, you're his favorite. People mm-hmm. get tipped over by that, but nobody's alike, so if we were all alike, how could you choose favorite, but also individuals, Yeah. we can be, and he, he just loves you so much. Thank you. And I'm really glad I know you.
1: I'm glad I know You've you. enriched
0: my life. Yeah, and I, I remember the first time I ever met you. Yeah, and you just in, stuck out your hand and introduced yourself, <laughs> and I'm like, I like this girl. But see, you had come over, and I didn't know if you were somebody's girlfriend. Yeah. or all the boys that were in the room were. Nope, I was always just sweet like Chelsea spot, and like right? the ten guys from Mount Right, but I'm <laughs> waiting for somebody. Is she your girl? Can you introduce nope, me? Just, just one of my sons. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just like, uh-huh. and you just stuck out your hand mm-hmm. and introduced yourself, and I was like, Wow, I like this girl. She <laughs> is confident, and she knows who she is, and she's just gonna herself. it was (laughs) great. I I remember it clearly down in the basement. We had so much fun. That was 24 parties or people were watching 24 maybe or something. Yeah. Well, and then
1: we played so much frisbee together after church. Yes. And that's probably what I always thought it was the most funny. It cracked my parents up too. Like we'd have people over at our house and to play frisbee and watch movies and stuff afterwards. And it would be usually me and like Ten guys from Elmbrook. Yeah. It was... And it always ended up being like, I'm sitting on the couch watching... Or on the floor watching the movie, and they're like all on the couch cuddling with each other because <laughs> they're like... That's just what they did all the time. And my parents are looking at... My mom and dad were, You know, we always thought it was... A, like, none of them were there because they actually were like directly interested in you they kind of liked each other more and they just like had this guy love bromance thing going like i know whatever but you guys were kind of like a pack of the people that liked ultimate frisbee yeah
0: oh I yeah know, i know my son would fly out the door oh it was the was most
1: fun yeah, yeah it yeah. was good we had stuff to do together that's so good yeah that's so good
0: okay well do you have anything else you want to share because i'm just enjoying
1: hearing no you. i just You're like talking amazing. with you
0: i love it I love we can it. do this all day i got yeah, no plans we'll do it again
1: <laughs> okay deal
0: you don't have to, mm-hmm. but there's somebody on the other end of hearing this. I yeah. don't know what the episode's gonna air. Mm-hmm. I don't know when. I should say, but would you be comfortable just praying for whoever's listening? They could be on a treadmill, and and it does, it doesn't have to be huge, long, or whatever. Absolutely, let's pray. And then I'm gonna pray for you and whoever's out there too. Sounds like
1: a plan. Okay. Thank you. Mm. Hello, Lord. Mm. I thank you so much. For the day that we have and the audience that you have given, Rachel, and the greater reach that you have enabled for your message to get out because of you know technology like podcasts, you, that is what a time for us to get to share your message. Mm-hmm. There are new ways we haven't even imagined yet that yeah. you are going to reach people. I pray, Lord, that you would bless those that need to hear this and be blessed that you would let them know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made in yeah. your image and that you have you just you delight in what they do and what they're capable of, and you have huge plans and excitement for what they've got going on in their lives, and that they would just know that they are so loved and perfectly made Yeah. by you for something, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. The yeah. unknown is scary, but there is huge purpose and huge plans that you have for all of us, and just grant that piece of knowing that their plans don't need to be somebody else's plans that there is no one size fits all for how you are going to use people and that when we and just in, i pray lord that you would just encourage in speaking to people's lives the trust of knowing that when they lean into discovering and opening the door to what you have planned for them you do great and wonderful things that are so beyond what yeah. we could possibly dream of on our own plans for our lives. And that is so beautiful, Lord. So thank you for um having greater thoughts and ideas for us than we could ever imagine ourselves. I pray yeah, that mm-hmm. you would just bless the journey that folks are on yeah. and that they would continue to be opening, open to saying, okay, Lord, what's next? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you for this time.
0: I thank you for... The real deal podcast i thank you for chelsea being here today can i touch you yes and so lord i just pray a blessing on her right now in the name of jesus and i thank you for her life i just pray that you'd pour out more of your spirit into her lord and that she would know that she knows that she knows that she knows that she's your chosen one I thank you for her marriage. I just pray a blessing on her and Zach. I thank you for her coaching and her training and all that she does, Lord. I thank you that I'm a kind recipient of her expertise and her knowledge and her um, exactness, Lord, and her precision. And also, Lord, that she just pushes people and knows what is inside of them. And, Lord, I pray that she would see the picture that she is of you, the way she reflects you, for knowing that... Whatever uh, you put on us, it's not to crush us, but for us to know how strong we are. And so I thank you for the way she displays God to me in that. Lord, I pray that you teach her that. That you don't have anything that you want to crush her with, but you just want her to know how strong and amazing she is. So thank you, Father. I bless her body. Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for her soul. I pray that you just be with her mind, will, and emotions, and you just protect her today. Thank you most of all for her spirit, God, that it's alive with you. I just speak a blessing over her. I thank you for the good days and the things that you have out ahead of her, Lord, because your plans are good to give us a future and hope, and we trust you. So thank you for this time, God. Thank you for everyone listening. I pray a blessing on them, Father, that today they would know you're the shield around them. Bubble wrap them in transit, God. Whoever feels like they're getting bumped around, I pray you just bubble wrap them and lift their head, Lord. Be the lifter of their head that they would see your smile upon them. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, girl. Yeah. I think we got it good deal. Don't forget to save it. (laughs) You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace.